Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you the greatest innovation change makers in the world of insurance and insure tech. We speak to innovation leaders from carriers and brokers. We speak to insure tech founders and C-suite executives. And we bring you all of the people that add value to that community, whether it be private equity, venture capitalists, or even people like organizational psychologists and thought leaders and futurists. We try really hard to bring you the most innovative people in the world of insurance on a global basis. So with that in mind, we'd love your support. So please like, share, follow or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Bond. Welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by FinPro. FinPro is a leading insurtech specialist recruitment business that operates on a global basis. We have delivered assignments across North America, throughout Europe and into Asia. We are super excited to speak to anyone who has some recruitment challenges that is either starting or scaling a business. And we're confident we can help you find the people to help you innovate the world of insurance one new hire at a time please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Hello, and one last introduction and uh, interruption to the podcast, I promise. Um, Just wanted to tell you about the flight series, the Female Leaders in Insurance Technology event series that we've been running since the start of 2022. We had a brilliant webinar in January, and we're looking forward to a fantastic in-person event on the 17th of March, which is being held at the Folly in London. It's a breakfast event starting at 7.30, but we won't keep you for ages. It's just going to be a fantastic spirited conversation about people, innovation, and culture. And we've got some phenomenal uh, speakers that are going to lead that conversation. Look for more information and tickets. You can either find us on Eventbrite or alternatively, the best places to go to our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Thank you. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky to be joined by Jackie, who is the CEO and co-founder of Maptix. Um, Good morning, Jackie. How are you? Good morning. Very well. Thank you. And you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. I'm very good. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we know that um, we, we sort of spoke originally a few weeks ago, um, just hearing about the sort of misfortunes of travels makes us wonder whether we're going to go anywhere. But I'm, I'm going to do a shameless plug because uh, we were just talking about our flight series event on the 17th. And uh, I'm pleased to hear that you're coming when you're at the Inshore Tech Insights event in London. So uh, yeah, though, that, I'm looking forward to the meeting you in person, which was is it's an unusual thing these days, isn't it? Be able to meet people in person. Right. Um, well, look, before um, we get carried away with the podcast, um, it's lovely if you could introduce yourself and the Maptix business for anyone else who isn't, isn't aware. Sure. So uh, about myself, I started my career in the tech, actually, with IBM. Mm-hmm. And uh, over two decades ago, I jumped in the insurance industry by coincidence, like uh, most of us. And over the years, I have held a business and executive position uh, in different countries in France to start with, like you could uh, imagine with my accent. And then I moved to the United States and I spent also some years in Portugal and Brazil, which uh, helped me to build a very strong network in the insurance industry and the risk management community. Um, lastly, in 2018, I was the CEO of Workers Link, one of the largest 
uh, network of multinational brokers. And in 2019, I left the insurance industry to embark in a new challenge with Mactix, which is an insurtech I co-founded in 2016. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, Mactix is a geospatial risk assessment solution for property uh, risk exposure, climate risk assessment, and real-time severe weather event monitoring. Mm -hmm. So we address the property insurance market at large. I mean, insurer, insurer, uh, brokers in the middle, MGAs, but also the corporate risk management community. Um, we are uh, very uh, intuitive. The solution is very intuitive, easy to use, and can be integrated into existing system via API. So we are here to collaborate and not to disrupt. Uh, I like to say that it's important. And our value prop is really to provide efficiency in our property risk assessment and event response. So it helps insurers in their pricing, selection, uh, all underwriting operations, but also in real time to project losses to, uh, for reserving purpose and also to organize the claim resources. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, I was thinking of something that struck me right, right at the start of what you just said there is that, you know, your career is taking you all across the globe um, and, and within the insurance community. How important do you think that network is and, and the network of people really more than anything else? How important do you think that is to the sort of success of getting something that's uh, an insure tech or, or, or sort of you know, getting one of those businesses, one, started, and secondly, to, to sort of a successful peak? It's critical. Mm -hmm. uh, it's critical at the beginning because you need to get started. You need to get your first clients. And your first clients come from your network. Mm. Right? Because your company doesn't have references. Uh, the name is not known yet, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it has been very efficient we have signed our first client through my network, full stop. Right? And this has been even more critical during COVID times. Mm. I found that people were much more uh, receptive and responsive to LinkedIn mm -hmm. than they were before. So I have reached quite uh, a few prospects via LinkedIn, via common um, contacts, so people see what, who you know in common, what you have been doing. So they are more, you know, uh, enticed to uh, make connection with you. Mm -hmm. uh, it has really been critical all the way. Plus they know that you know this industry, you have the lingo, you know uh, this world. You are not just from the tech side, mm -hmm. which is important, I think, in this industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, 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 the um... The common language of insurance, I think, is the thing that I we talk about a lot. I mean, yeah. you know, one of the things that I'm always asked about is that we we work with lots of SaaS businesses, and one of the things I'm asked to do quite often is find. It's always quite funny because they always say the insurance person, you know, and I'm like, what 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 part of insurance do you need me to find that person from? But really, what they're what they, when you cut it through, what they're looking for is someone that understands the language 
the culture, the 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 network, and and that and that's what they're looking for. Because yeah, absolutely, that the struggle is to where do you get to the people that have got um, buying power? Um, and it might not be that you directly know that person, but you know the person that can introduce you to that person. So um, yeah, it's been interesting, hasn't it, COVID? I think it's made such a difference in how we um, build relationships, um, and I've seen. Um, I've seen people be more willing to, I think people have been more helpful. Would you say that you found that? Yeah, more empathy. People want to help. Mm. Uh, we'll tell, oh, I am not the right person. I'm going to introduce you to uh, the analytics uh, department, etc. Yes, definitely. definitely. Mm. Big change. And probably yeah. so people have more time uh, with their screen and tools because uh, they are just stuck at home, right? So. Yeah. But more empathy for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Although I've already, I've already, I was like, I was moaning to someone yesterday. So I've already, it's already started to go away a little bit as as we're sort of sort of coming back to normality. Um, I had a little incident in in my world, and I thought, oh, things are returning to normal. People, people are getting a bit less empathetic already. Um, but it is very busy at the moment, so I understand that. Um. Obviously, data is your is your is your space. Um, there's a, there's a lot of kind of competition in this sort of geospatial space. So just to get into the detail, um, what is it specific that's the kind of USP for Maptex? What is it that, that's unique about the way that you approach that problem? Sure. So we are not a data provider, but what we build is really an engine that can combine a lot of different data sets from various sources in multiple formats mm -hmm. so that insurers can get as much as information as possible to build their own insight. Mm -hmm. What the, the, the starting point for us and the, the momentum is that in our world with the acceleration of natural disasters, there has been a lot of new in data being uh, first necessary and then being developed mm -hmm. by third-party provider. Mm -hmm. right? So there is literally an explosion of location-based data, yeah. very high quality. And this is what we do because we do geospatial assessments. So we work with any type of location-based data. Could mm -hmm. be building data, it could be risk data. And with the new technology like the satellite imagery and the drones and the street views, we see building data being developed, right, to help complete the insured data that is oftentimes not complete mm. or even inaccurate. And we see a lot of risk data also being developed mm. by many different providers. So our expertise is to integrate this data to allow insurer to combine their internal data with external data. Mm -hmm. So they have a way to have an accurate picture of the risk in yeah. real time. In real time. Right? Because the, the problem they have is that, I mean, the challenge, they need really more than ever to combine a lot of different data sets to get a very good picture of their risk. And their existing system oftentimes do not allow them to do so. So if they want to uh, 
remain competitive in a digital world and still to achieve underwriting profit, mm -hmm. there is no secret. They need to be able to uh, work with all the data that becomes available on the market, right? Mm. To make very granular uh, insights and get the pricing right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, uh, that leads us nicely onto that um, a question that I'd, I'd, I'd written to ask you, which is, um, you know, when it comes to data, do you, do you think insurance companies truly realise the value of the data that they have, or? And I suppose as a follow-up, maybe that 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 suggests that they have this data, but what we're talking about is they're buying a lot of it in because they don't have it. Um, but yeah, do you, I suppose I'll, I'll tackle it in two parts. But yeah, do you, do you believe that they 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 realise the true value, um, or is it more a case of that they, it's inaccessible to them at, 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 at the current format? Yeah, I say yes and no. Uh, in one hand, they value it so much. Mm -hmm that they have massively hired, we have seen it, right, over yeah. the past two decades, so-called data scientists. And they have also invested a lot in technology mm -hmm. to uh, analyze their own data with their own tools, mm -hmm. right? And at the end of the day, uh, if you ask me, it's huge investments with very limited success. Yeah. And the truth is that there is a very long path from data to information to insight. Mm -hmm. And to get there, you need to have obviously good data. That's not new. We always said garbage is garbage out. Mm -hmm. And good data has to be current, has to be consistent, has to be complete. So the, the raw data they have doesn't have much value until it's processed but also until it's augmented, it's cleaned, right? Mm. So they need to augment their data with external data sets. Mm -hmm. And in a dream future, if all the insurer would share together, it will be also great. So you need the market, the industry data, you need the external data being developed with the new technology, mm -hmm. right? you need to get good insights that also require expertise. So basically insurer have part of the data, they have the expertise, right? But they need to understand that they need more. Mm -hmm. You touched on something there that I thought was really important was that sort of, that there was almost a suggestion mid, mid, mid that, uh, there isn't transparency. There's not shared, like like to basically to, to take the big leaps forward in insurance, we basically need to have a more open attitude. I This is my hypothesis, but you're the expert. So I was gonna, so I was gonna ask you this, but that seems to be what's missing is that we we don't have all the information because individual insurers have got information on, on individual risks and, and, and risk profiles. Um, is there a resistance to true data tra transparency. Um, and then I suppose the, the, the follow-up obvious to that is like, you know, what do you think that means in, in this industry? Yeah, I think there is definitely uh, a reluctance to share data. Uh, and we have seen it. Uh, I think the, the insurance companies are facing uh, 
two challenging, two challenging, sorry, the insurance companies are facing two trends, big trends, and a big misconception. So one trend is, uh, and I said it before, there is an explosion of external data, right? Mm -hmm. That is coming from especially third-party companies using very recent technologies such as IoT or uh, satellite imagery or big data or artificial intelligence or machine learning or blockchain, etc. So explosion of data. And then the technology is evolving super fast, right? Uh, so the, the combination of both make a big challenge for the insurance market because they need to consolidate in real time a lot of data mm -hmm. and a lot of new data, right? It's coming and going. And they need to use a very recent technology. So yes, they have data. Yes, they have expertise in the industry, which is critical, right? To make mm -hmm. the data speak properly, right? But they are not data experts and they are not technology companies, mm. right? Mm -hmm. But they thought they are in some points where they hire these data scientists and try to develop in-house technology. The problem is everything is dynamic. The data is dynamic. There is always new data coming to the market, right? Yeah. And the real-time data. And the tech is dynamic. When we have developed a solution, it's the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because you need to maintain it, and then you need to make it evolve. Otherwise, it's obsolete very mm -hmm. fast, mm -hmm. right? So I think you need to understand that there is different expertise. You have the insurance expertise, right? They are underwriting risk and they're paying claims and they have huge expertise about that. And then you have the tech industry that needs to be uh, very flexible, right? And needs to be constantly using new uh, technology being available to the market. And then you have the data specialist, right? That are uh, really scrapping data around, making predictive analytics from current data, et cetera. So I think you have three different specialties and you cannot be an expert at everything. So you need to mm. collaborate and work together. Mm. Mm. Yeah, completely. And I, I, it, it, it's, it's those three different things as well. You've got three different object, you've got different objectives from those data. Um, and um, yeah, it seems to me that the few data leaders that we've we've spoken to has been it's not enough to have the data. You've got to go, what do we want out of it? What's the what's the objective? Where what's the sort of goal? And it's a, that that you can work towards, whereas you can't just gather data and then say, right, make some value from it. Um, you mentioned something about real time dynamic data um, that uh, made me sort of think of something was about um, do you think that um, now we've got more real-time data, we're going to see a, a massive trend towards? I mean, we're seeing it now, but but I suppose I'm, I'm sort of how far do you think it will go with the kind of real-time uh, dynamic pricing of insurance? Do you th do you think that's going to become much more common across different classes? Yeah, definitely, and especially in the what we have top of mind now, right? Which is uh, climate change, natural disasters cyber there is so many events there are so many events going on in the market right and even think about the pandemics 
and the political events and terrorism. So there is so much going on that there is new data being available every day. Mm. Right? So the before these events were more static in a way, more predictable, but with the acceleration on large-scale events, on technology, on uh, the weather, it brings a lot of new data constantly. Mm -hmm. And you only rely on the static data like they did before, right? Of course, you get you are wrong mm. because things are accelerating mm -hmm. around us. So you need to be current at all time. And there is a lot of real-time data coming to the market on weather, uh, on technology risk, on political violence, on medical slash endemic uh, pandemics and what have you. So this is accessible. This is there. Mm, mm. And the insurers that will be able to capture this data will have uh, much more uh, information to integrate right in their underwriting process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and and not I suppose not and it's not only underwriting, is it as well? I mean, I was I was thinking about you know dynamic pricing is a thing that we talk about right. a lot, um, but. I'm fascinated about the idea of like dynamic claims management and dynamic claims payment because, you know, yeah. parametric for me is this the is the ultimate insurance product. You know, an event happens, you get the you get the money straight away. It, uh, um, but utilizing real time data, utilizing dynamic data. I, I'm we're sitting here today, and 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 in the UK we've got one of the worst storms ever on record. The highest, I, I think the the storm speeds today are like 122 miles an hour. Um, the Millennium Dome has had half its roof ripped off, and I'm yeah. sitting there thinking about it in the context of this conversation. Like this is happening now, but we, we we've got this data, we can see it. Like we we're, we're now at that point where. But you know, most people that are having their roofs destroyed, you know, trees are falling down, they're going to have to go through a traditional claims process, it's going to take weeks for them to get the money. Um, and, and that's not fit for the consumer. So I'm sort of excited to see where people kind of impact that data into the claims process as well. Um, is that something that you've seen? I know we've seen it on the parametric side, but are kind of people, have you seen how people have utilized data towards kind of, you know, better or faster claims processes? So, it, I mean, it, it's coming. It's what we want also to help insurers with, because when you have the information in real time, right, you can better organize your claims resources. Mm. Right? So you can uh, look at where you are going to send uh, loss adjusters or utilize uh, drones. The, the sooner you know and you get organized, right, the better service you are going to provide to insurance. I mean, parametric is awesome, of course, uh, because everybody is happy. There is limited uh, risk for the insurers because everything is uh, determined at the beginning of the insurance, everything goes fast. It's fantastic. It helps also close some gaps on risks that would otherwise be uninsured, mm -hmm. right? But in traditional insurance, uh, there is a big interest 
that claims adjustment goes faster. Yeah. Right? But for, for both sides of the equation. So mm. yes, uh, we are seeing a, a lot of uh, initiatives to utilize technology really to adjust claims faster. Mm. Mm. It's coming mm. really on large scale event like flooding, um, the, the weather event. Everybody knows it has to, to be much faster, right? And insurers have a big play on the top of governmental organization. Mm. Mm. You talk about on the website, I, 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 the, the, the website makes references to data partners. Um, and now some people will be shouting at the uh shouting at their phones or, or wherever they're listening to this saying that you know data partners are not new because we've got some very established businesses in that space but i still think it feels relatively new in terms of the kind of the diversity of data as we've talked about all these different data points that we can now buy are we uh, do, do, do you think we're sort of where are we on the maturity level in terms of kind of our use of data you know where do you think we are on that kind of journey towards kind of full data maturity so i think that we are still uh, in the process to to get there but obviously we have access to that to a lot of data mm -hmm. right? so like i said there is literally an explosion of data and a lot of data provider right so the data is there the, the challenge now for the market, right, is to be able to capture this data yep. and to capture the, the data really that is needed for what they're trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. right? So, of course, the more data you have, like the low, the large numbers, the, the better picture you can get, right, because you are uh, uh, comparing, augmenting, and you are getting better insight, but to a certain level, right? Because too mm -hmm. much data is, could be also uh, a distraction. Right? Mm -hmm. So today, the the challenge will be really for each field of insurance, each line of business, whether it is underwriting, claims management. Okay, uh, what is really efficient for me? What type of data should I uh, consider capture so there is a, a, a big phase of identification right and then how do i capture this data mm -hmm. right so apis that's why there is a lot of conversation about apis because obviously if you want to integrate real-time data right you need to have some kind of api integration into your system mm -hmm. and the data the raw data you are getting uh, is never completely clean. I mean, you hope, right? But mm. sometimes you have to do some cleaning around. Uh, so you need to have some uh, uh, manual work sometimes. In, in our field, I was so surprised. I knew that, but I've seen it from a, a closer perspective. Like the data that is being provided by insurers for their property portfolio is sometimes completely off. Mm. Like the address is not complete. The coordinates provided are wrong, right? And you know that all that we go to the RMS or whatever tool insurers are using, right? 
So they all know that there is a lot of work to clean the data they are getting. And this can be done through some technology like AI, but needs sometimes some manual input, right? Mm. From people really looking in Google and trying to find where exactly the company is located. And so there is still a lot of uh, work that needs to be done to get the data right. Yeah. Right? Mm. And complete. Uh, that's why we work with different partners because we, uh, some partners are very good in such and such data, not so good at others. So we need to kind of cherry pick and constantly look at where they are improving or not to get a good data set in different areas. Mm. So we are coming to, to some quantity. Uh, we need still to work on the quality, right? To get a, a good maturity. Mm -hmm. uh, but for us, it's the game. It's, the game is really to work with new data partners. We are looking at what's coming to the market, what is relevant to our clients. Mm -hmm. So we can offer some kind of TV channel, right? So everybody can pick and choose uh, which package they want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't have the religion on data because I realize all my clients have different views of what they trust or not. There is a big trust component, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So today there is an explosion. There are so many companies mm -hmm. and we are going to get more quality, more maturity as we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, trust was a really interesting use of word because I think um, it, it's, it's to your point, I think as well, like like a, a lot of data is provided and, and we have to have faith in that data. Um, yeah. I mean, poor data is, 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 is it's worse than no data because it's just misleading. Um, you touched on some of it there, but I wanted to sort of talk about like best practice really with data. Um, you've obviously working with lots of different partners and I would imagine they have different capabilities or and they're at different kind of sort of levels um, in terms of their kind of data journey. But like from a practical perspective, are there any sort of steps um, yeah, what are the kind of practical implications that seem to work well for you um, with the partners that are doing it well? What are their sort of practical steps to being sort of a modern data-focused insurance business? Yeah. So first, we, we look at um, what's coming to the market. Mm -hmm. And also we listen to our clients because they suggest data. Yeah. For example, one of our clients says it would be great if you could get climate change data. Yeah. And how we started to integrate the IPCC data that is being developed by the United Nations. And that seems to become a huge driver for us going forward because a mm -hmm. lot of companies will have as part of their ESG to do some type of climate risk reporting, right? Yes. Yeah. So we look we listen. Uh, sometimes we get contacted proactively by some data provider. So we look, we try, uh, we sign NDAs, we try the data, yeah. we look how it works in our tool, we test it. It's, um, and then we, we have also to be able to capture it and integrate it in a smart way to our system so we can our users can use it properly 
either or end in the geospatial visualization uh, part of the tool and in the dynamic analytics part of the tool. Mm. So you need to constantly evaluate, then you need to capture and integrate, which is not easy. Mm -hmm. Even for the data that is free, for example, governmental data, free doesn't mean that it is easy to integrate, right? Yes, oh, yeah. We love, we love free data because it's free. <laughs> uh, that's how we start. Because license data, uh, Alex, can be very expensive. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it, yeah. it has to be paid by our clients if they want to access to it, right? Mm -hmm. Some data sets are very, very expensive, like the, the flood uh, data, et cetera. So you need to capture it, uh, you need to afford it, and you need to constantly update it. So you need to have good APIs integration. Then you need to clean it, and you need to augment it, right, with uh, a lot of different data sets, APIs again. And then you need to slice and dice it properly. Mm -hmm. So you need the good technology, right? Mm -hmm. And it's where we look at ecosystem, right? Yeah. Uh, one of our integration, for example, we integrated into a risk underwriting platform. They are working with uh, two technology, ours, and another one actually uh, to clean their data and augment it. So they have a first run to clean the data they receive, to format it in a standard format. And then it comes to our tool for the visualization and analytics part, right? Yeah. So there are a lot of adjacent technologies and you can, as an insurer, you can build a very good ecosystem with that, right? Mm. Um, and then with the, the expertise that is really what is your jewel as an insurer? You have the expertise, right? You have the expert mm. house. It's how you make sense out of the data. Yes. Right? Yeah. I can make sense about of the data I give to my client. It's their privilege, right? It's mm. their expertise. Mm -hmm. I can get an idea what they can do with the tool, how they can uh, slice and dice and make reports, but they will really get the insights themselves, right? And do mm. proper analytics depends what they're trying to accomplish, right? On yes. what type of risk, what line of business. So it sounds obvious and easy, but from the insurance industry state as it is right now, it's a lot of work in terms of API integration, building ecosystem, and maybe, um, don't be arrogant, um, accept that you have to collaborate with smaller tech company like us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know how. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I, I think I was going to ask you a question about leadership around this, but but I think this kind of bleeds into the question I'd scheduled to ask you as well, because I wanted to talk to you about how you feel culture impacts the use of data. And I think I'd, I'd probably grow that in terms of, um, and maybe ahead of that, like sort of the top-down buy-in must dictate how effective this will be. Like if this is if they don't have a chief data officer that is on the board, or if they don't have at least or a CEO that is invested in this, presumably 
none of this matters and, and none of this will be effective anyway. Um, so so it, it, are those the partners that seem to do it well for you? Do they, is there a certain structure of leadership that they have um, around data leadership that, that makes them effective? Yes, I mean, totally. In fact, I think everybody at a certain level agrees that in this digital economy, right, businesses will need to be data driven. Yeah. Not only in insurance, I mean, all, all the businesses, right? Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of barriers on the data use. And in our industry, I would say the first one is because we are so into that we are in a people business. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a tradition on trust, right? On personal judgment rather than just data, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not bad. But I would argue that data is objective, right? So when you look at any problem, you need to have data enough data so you can get a good judgment and not just rely on uh, what uh, you think, right? Data is, should be a big help, of course, if it's good. So we get to the next issue, which is the rela reliability on data. Right? Mm -hmm. People don't trust data. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, for a reason, it's not reliable. This yeah. is why you need to clean it and to augment it. Right. If you want people in this business to start really using the data, you need to make sure that the data is reliable, right? Mm -hmm. And then I feel there is this whole data privacy context, like GDPR. Mm -hmm. right? So that's also a bit um, showstopper in a way. Because of course, on top of my insurer, you have data privacy, right? And data security. Mm -hmm. And it creates some barriers for the free use of this data, you know, in a way. And then, like you said before, there is the lack of transparency in the use of data, right? Mm -hmm. And it's changing with the new type of insurance, like you said, parametric, that is obviously based on data and that has to be shared with the insured or the pay-as-you-go type of insurance. Mm -hmm. And if there is more transparency, I mean, there is much better relationship with the customers. Right? Yeah. But it has been uh, tough in the, in the past, right? Because we didn't know, it was kind of a black box, right? Mm. So the technology is a key enabler, but like you said, I mean, the insurer through the leadership, they have the responsibility, right? Yeah. To understand and utilize the technology and to educate the workforce so they can really change. Because mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. needs to be some change. The technology can only help but the leadership will be critical mm, mm. it's interesting actually because we we we're always coming across it in my industry and, and my industry doesn't rely on data in anywhere near the same way as insurance but there's there's sort of the start of my career where it was all about it's 
only about networks and it's only about those 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 kind of relationships and and it's still very much that's the way it is but data is very effective in my industry but you do come across people who just don't rely on the data and it's all down to kind of leadership and then you know i think all businesses uh, benefit from data but it's it's insurance is so intrinsic to what we do and i i think bringing it back to what you said traditionally it was this black box and and i suppose to a certain extent with an insurance company that was their that was their um competitive advantage was yeah. their, their own data and and the idea that they now should be in an open relationship with data and other people's data is uh is still quite culturally difficult to get to um but look i'm really conscious of time and we, we've we've hit that sort of magic sort of 40 45 minutes mark so i wanted to just ask you about 2022 what you guys have got planned um and uh, in terms of kind of growth um because i always you know we're a recruitment business and i always like to be to give people a platform as well to sort of you know promote any jobs they might have with the business or if you guys are hiring this is this is the spot to let everybody know <laughs> sure so we are very optimistic for 2022 mm -hmm. um and we plan to really develop the business and I hope to hire uh, as soon as I can customer success to help me uh, in the sales and the, the support of our clients right and a sales team uh, to follow so really we are going to to grow and to build a strong sales and customer support team so hopefully I get started mid-2022 uh, to build this between Europe and the United States because our clients are really either in the United States or in Europe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. straddling those ponds. Well, look, thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've been looking forward to this one. And um, and yeah, for once, uh, you're, you're someone I'm actually going to get to meet in person. So I look forward to meeting you um, in the coming months. Same here. And thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. No, thank you. All the best. Bye. As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insure tech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.